0: What's going on, Coastline? How y'all doing this morning? Uh, hope I might not be the first person to say this, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and your family, from our family. You know, a couple years back I had someone stop me and say, Brian, you know, you can't say Merry Christmas until it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And I said, well, Merry Christmas to you. Um, but I uh, hope you guys are, how many of you guys already got Christmas lights up? Three people. Good job. You guys in the back? Uh, good, good job. Good job. Uh, Erica and I have boxes out, so that's fun. We'll be doing that later today, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but Christmas time's in. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving. Wonderful. I missed you guys last week. I don't know. If you weren't here last week, you didn't miss me at all. Uh, I wasn't here. I was gone. Erica preached for me. Did a fantastic job last week. Thank you so much for all you do. Appreciate you. My wife is a boss lady. I'm gonna tell you right now. She took care of our family while I was gone. She preached at church. Um, She was sick like three days. You know, finished up getting sick three days before that. Took care of our condo. The condo. Look, it was she just killed it. So, super appreciative. I was uh, out playing. I went fishing on a fishing trip to Louisiana. Had a good time. Had a great time. Uh, Little Riley um, Ward came up to me this morning and said, Pastor Brian. Don't we have redfish here? And I was like, I love you, Riley. You're doing great. Um, but yeah, I drove 12 hours, had a good time with some, uh, some guys, a couple guys from church. Uh, and uh, man, it was uh, definitely felt rejuvenated. And uh, just sometimes it's good to go out and have an adventure, right? Um, but thank you, babe, and all of our uh, Coastline crew for uh, filling in for me last week. You did a great job. Um, Erica does a good job of like, uh, she gets up and says, hey, I'm going to preach short, and then really does it. And I, I always say that, and then it's never any shorter. So uh, anyways, I appreciate you guys. Uh, we had a great Thanksgiving. Our family and I had a lot, way too much to eat, um, but uh, it was still a good time, had by all. And uh, right now we are geared up. We are all getting ready for this Christmas season. Christmas really is my favorite time of year, Um there's something about the the coming together and the gift giving and the smell of Christmas trees and, and all the little treats that are made uh, that really uh, make, make me happy. I can tell that Christmas time is here, not just because of the lights, but also because the Reese cups are now Christmas tree flavored. No, not flavored. That would be weird. Not Christmas tree flavored. Shaped. Christmas tree shaped. Um but uh, yeah, Christmas time is here. And so with that, today I'm really excited because we're starting uh, a brand new collection of talks for this Christmas season called Advent. Some of you might have heard of Advent before. You might know the word. Uh, this word is something that just means uh, preparation for. Uh, this is going to be the, the, the four weeks previous to uh, or in the, before Christmas uh, for those four weeks, uh, we use this time to prepare and remember uh, and get ready for the celebration that is the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, but it doesn't, also, it doesn't stop there. It also goes beyond there because it's, it's also a time in which we remember that although he's come and he lived and he went to heaven, that there's a day that he comes back as well. And so I think it's important for us to, to remember and uh, prepare for and go through and celebrate uh, during this time and so for the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about these gifts that have been given to us gifts that we have access to gifts like hope and joy and peace and love uh, and I'm happy to be able to uh, celebrate them all together as a family. Uh, as one church family. And so today, my prayer for you is this, uh, and kind of the theme for this message as we talk about hope uh, is going to come out of Romans chapter 15, verse 13. If you've got a Bible, you can turn it there. or You can go to the I Bible app and go to the live event, watch it there. Or if you're like me, you can also just check it out up on the screen. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys want to have some confident hope from the Holy Spirit here this morning? All right, let's pray and let's jump right into it. Heavenly Father. I pray that you would continue uh, to give us hope, continue to uh, give us vision for what's ahead. God, show us uh, and, and remind us of the promises that you have for us and for our families. God, uh, we see throughout history in which you used people that that were not good enough, that didn't have the right qualifications, that that didn't have the right smarts, that that that, that maybe weren't weren't uh, ready for for what you were calling to. God, and because of your Holy Spirit giving them hope and confidence to push on, you did great things. With him. And so we request the same thing to happen with us when it comes to our families, when it comes to even this message this morning. God, I pray that, that you would give us the confidence to push through what we're even capable of and tap into what your Holy Spirit has for us. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. You know, hope is a, is a very powerful, very powerful thing. Hope is something that, draw, that drives uh, a bunch of us. Right? Uh, how many of you guys know there was a big football game? Uh, what was it on Friday? Florida versus Florida. Anybody watch it? Any of you guys, Gator fans here today? We'll be praying for you. It's all right. It's okay. Um, but, man, whether, whether you were a Gator or a Seminole, man, you had these two teams that they came in with lots of hope. I watched the first half of it, and, man, it was a, it was a pretty great game. I think it was like 21 21 or 27 27. No, it had been 21 21. Going into the half. It was crazy, but these guys are hopeful, they're charged, they're ready for what's ahead. Hope is something that draws a lot of us in the things that we love to do. You know, I really enjoy fishing. Part of the thing that drives the fishing is, is I get up in the morning, and I hope that at some point I'm going to see some fish, or I'm going to catch some fish, or I might bring some fish fish home. You know, the same thing with haunting. We've got people that, you know, there, there might even be some people online that, you're tuning in and watching right now, but you were in a deer stand this morning, and you're you got up early and you know you put it in the prep time and 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 tried to get ready because you hope that you're going to be able to see something. Some of you guys went out yesterday, hopeful. Anybody do some Black Friday shopping? Three or four people. Man, here's the, you don't hear of people like. Like, Black Friday now compared to what Black Friday used to be, I feel like when I was a kid, you heard, of like, people getting trampled and stuff like that. Like, people went to the hospital on Black Friday. It was a serious deal. Now it's like, here's 15% off. That's kind of wimpy. But uh, some of you guys go out, you go out Black Friday shopping because you're hopeful. You're going to get a good deal. You're going to be able to get that present for the kids that they wanted or, or, or be able to find that thing that you've been looking for for a long time. Hope is something that draws, that drives us and, and a lot of things that we do you think even the the take the kids to to baseball and to t-ball and to volleyball we we make sacrifices because we're hope that they will continue to grow and become smarter hope is something that continues to drive us uh, it's and i think it's human nature but i think it's also something that can be incredibly powerful tool given to us by the holy spirit and hope had a huge role to play when it came to uh the story of jesus come into this earth. And so we're going to read through, um, we're going to read through uh, some passages of of remembering uh, the story of Jesus as as he came to this earth uh, and the parts that had to play right up and before. And so if you've got a Bible, you can turn it to Luke chapter one, verse 26 to 28. Now Luke is of of one of two passages in the Bible, two two books in the Bible Uh, That uh, that talk about the birth of Jesus, the coming of, uh, and talk about his his mother and his uh, his father, his mother Mary and his father Joseph. Um, These are important passages to read. I challenge you that in this Advent uh, this Advent season, uh, to take some time and and read it as a family. I think this is something that's a pretty quick read, uh, but to sit down uh, with your husband and your wife or your kids and and read through it uh, every couple of days or something. I think it's important in the celebration. Of who Jesus is. Uh, but Luke does a great job of communicating it with much detail, lots of detail about what happened uh, in these, uh, this time of, of Jesus. And we're actually going to be talking before Jesus comes to earth. This is the, the, the birth of Jesus being foretold in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth uh, was like the cousin uh, of Mary. Uh, she would have known her very well and 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 we'll get into in a minute why it's important to understand uh, that Elizabeth was pregnant this time. Uh, but it says that God sent angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Now I want to stop right there. It's actually pretty cool that uh, uh, Eric and I, Circle Group, we did a study on this just uh, a couple weeks ago and started to get into the, the nitty-gritty of, of what Luke was trying to communicate in this. And a lot of people would think that as you hear about, uh, as you hear about the, the angel and you hear about uh, uh, Mary being uh, a virgin in Galilee, a lot of people would think that, that virginity would communicate like um, maybe, maybe like a badge of honor. She was someone that was very honorable, uh, was a woman of integrity. Um, and, and that this would have been a, means she was a, a very pure, very very good thing. Luke actually uses this not to describe like uh, her status, but to describe her uh, lack of experience in life. This, this would have been communicated a lot more about like her age. Like she would have not have had a job yet. She would have not have had a family yet. She would have been somewhere around f- maybe 14 to 16 years old is what scholars would believe. Very young, very inexperienced when it comes to. To life Didn't have the qualifications for, for doing anything very, very grand yet. But the angel Gabriel comes to her and uh, she, it says that she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And so she wasn't married yet. She was still living with her mother and her father. Uh, but she was engaged to this man named Joseph. Joseph was a descendant of King David. Now, this was a big deal because King David was, when it comes to the the Hebrew people, when it comes to the Israelites, he was the most important king of all time. King David was the man. When it comes to the rulers uh, of their people, he was the one that was the the very top, the pinnacle. And so Joseph comes from this this line of, of great leaders, but he's not a great leader. He's just a lowly carpenter, just a lowly woodworker, like a He's, he's a layman. He's, he works with his hands day in and day out. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, here's the thing. It's kind of funny when we talk about Christmas or when we go through the Christmas season. Uh, a lot of us depict angels in a very specific way right? Some of, some, some of us probably have angels or are going to be putting angels up on our Christmas trees, right? You see angels on on Christmas cards and on cookies and stuff. And it's cool to me to see like how the angels look different to, to everyone. You've got some angels that are very beautiful and blonde with long flowy hair and white robes and big beautiful dove wings, right? And then you got some that are like the little chubby baby humans with like very little wings and you know, it's a kind of, it's kind of, kind of strange to see. And then you got like the precious moments, one, the cartoon ones that the kids love, uh, love to see. But, but in all of my study and understanding of what angels look like, I, I don't feel like any of the things that we see properly describe what an angel actually looks like. Because the angels on the tree and the the, the chubby little baby human angels, I, I don't think that's how they are. Because Typically, whenever you hear about an angel being talked about in the Bible, it's always followed with, do not be afraid. And I don't think it's one of those things because they suddenly appear. I think it's because the angels, the angels that you think these these protectors that God has made, these, these, these beings that are called to do the work of God, these, these guys have got to be some fierce-looking jokers. Right? Like, we're, we're probably talking about, like, bigger than Dwayne the Rock Johnson type guys, right? Just big, maybe some of them got big old tattoos. I don't know. If, if that offended you, I apologize. But imagine these big fierce guys that are not to be messed with. And that's what I feel like an angel of the Lord probably looks like. It says that in Luke chapter one, verse uh, 29, it says that confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could actually mean. Because the angel appeared to her and says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. On top of seeing an angel and this fierce warrior standing before, the words that he said didn't, didn't make a whole lot of sense because all that she was was someone that was inexperienced, that had not experienced life yet. She was betrothed to Joseph. But the side of her, it says that she was confused. At the side of Gabriel, it says that she was confused and disturbed you know i i start to think about sometimes when it comes to the things that we hope for when it comes to the things that we want for our kids when it comes to the things that we even want for our lives the, the main competition i think sometimes when it comes to hope hope's main competition is fear so many times we allow fear to come in and pull away the power that the holy spirit will give us through hope for what's ahead and so the angel goes on and says, in uh, verse 30, says, don't be afraid, Mary. He says, don't be afraid. He says, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. So the angel tells her, he's like, this is, this is what's going to happen next. Now, here's a couple problems with this and Mary's going to recognize in a second, is if she's going to conceive and give birth to a son, well, that normally happens inside of wedlock. It happens between a husband and a wife coming together and making a baby. This is not something she's experienced yet. She's not even married. She's betrothed. She's engaged. And so at this point, this doesn't make any sense because she's like, I don't think that can happen yet. There's a couple, you know. God, or she says, you know, Angel. There's probably a couple steps that need to happen. We got to get our ducks in a row before this, before this happens. You know, sometimes I think we do the same thing with God. God, you know, charges us. The Holy Spirit challenges, said, "Hey, this is what's going to happen with your family." Or, "Hey, I think that you have this in you. I want you to do take this next step. I want you to step away from this job and into this next." field I've called you to. I want to step, I want you to step away from these people uh, that are pulling you down. I want you to get involved into this, this next group, another group that's going to help you and charge you spiritually and help you continue to grow. we, we, we think of of these big steps that God's called us to. And we think like, okay, well, wait, God, we gotta, we gotta get our ducks in a row. There's some things that have gotta, gotta happen first. But the angel doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, hey, this is just what's going to happen. He follows it up with A promise. He says, verse 32, he says, He will be a very great, or he will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne, will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom, his kingdom, will never end. Now, the reason why this is a big deal is because Obviously, in, in, in Hebrew culture, in the Jewish culture, David was the leader of all time. The problem is, is that his kingdom did end, and no longer were the Israelites self-governed. They were, they, were being, they were an oppressed people at this time. They'd come out of Egypt, and they had governed and ruled themselves, but something had happened along the way, and they were no longer ruling themselves. And so Mary hears this, that somehow she's going to give birth to what is going to be the next king, and the king is going to pull them back into freedom, and that his kingdom will never go away. And then verse 34, it says she asks the questions, but but how can this happen? Because I'm just a virgin. The angel replied, This is part that I love next, says the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Now I want to stop there real quick. Because some of the things that, that we get caught up in, when it comes to what God wants to do in us, when it comes to what God wants to do in Coastline Church and pushing us forward to continue to make disciples here in the southern, southeast part of Lucia County, sometimes the enemy wants us to think, It's only because of what we can do. That we have the tools. We've just got to put the pieces together right. That we've got to have a plan. That we've got to prepare for what's coming. But specifically in this case, Mary says, Hey, like, I, I don't even know how to do, like, we're so far out of this. This is so much bigger than what I am. I've not experienced half the things that you said that I'm going to be experiencing yet. And he says... The Holy Spirit's gonna do it through you. I think that's part of what a lot of us are missing. Because see, here's the thing I think when it comes to my life, when it comes to me and being hopeful for what the future holds, when it comes to coastline church and me thinking about what the future holds, when I think about just the things that I'm capable of doing or that we're capable of doing, I don't have a whole lot of hope. Because I know I know who I am, I know my limitations. I know the limitations of our area. The great news is my hope does not resound, it does not reside in myself or in us, but what the Holy Spirit can do through us. Because I think what the Holy Spirit can do through you is going to be far greater than what you can even imagine. And I think when it comes to this time of preparation for whatever's next, that we need to find hope in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. Not in what we can do, not what we can plan, but what the Holy Spirit can do through us. The angel of the Lord said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. In verse 36, he said, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. The thing that's great about this is is God just doesn't send Gabriel to tell Mary, like, hey, this is what's going to happen next in your life. He says, this is what's going to happen. He says, but I'm going to show you how it's going to happen. I'm gonna give you a promise with it because if you allow this to happen, if you continue to go with this, there's gonna be a huge reward. But then he also says, I'm not gonna leave you alone with this. Because I'm getting, I've got someone else that I'm I'm doing another miracle with as well. And you're gonna to partner together and do life and help to help one another out. Elizabeth, who had become pregnant in her old age and Had this miracle come upon her, giving birth to a child for her and her husband, the child would come on to be named John. We would refer to him later on in the Bible as John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for Jesus. I think it's important to know that as as God wants to do something in you, if you allow him, if if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, he's going to put you in contact with other people that he's also working through. So it's not only going to be a thing where you celebrate the hope that you have for what's ahead. He'll give you an opportunity to also celebrate the hope with other people. So many times we've talked about how we think that we're in a place where we're called to do this by ourselves. That's a lie from the enemy. God's called us to live life and do life in community with one another and help each other out. The last thing that is said in here is, Mary's response in Luke chapter 1 verse 38 it says this Mary responded I am the Lord's servant may everything you have said about me come true and then the angel left her Now I'm not going to lie like if I put myself in Mary's shoes like this this is kind of an off the wall response it's not one of those things that makes a whole lot of sense because not only is this thing like she says that I'm not experienced enough. I don't have the right, I don't have the right tools. But in doing this, there was also consequences if it didn't work out right. See, in other parts of the Bible, it says that Joseph heard about this. She told Joseph, hey, I'm pregnant with, with, with the son of God. And like I think many, many other men would, he probably was a little skeptical, but even with that, he, being the gentleman that he was, he, he decided he was going to divorce her quietly because he knew that there was repercussions, there was danger ahead because in those days, if, if, if you became pregnant outside of wedlock, it wasn't one of those things where it just, it looked bad on you or it was, it was one of those things that there was danger that was involved They would have said that it happened outside of the law, and there was you could have been subject to being uh, cast out of your family, cast out of your community, or even stoned. But she responds, "I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true." She puts her hope in Him. She puts her hope. And God Almighty. And I think that's, that's what we need to do. I think when it comes to our lives, when it comes to what's next, when it comes to us as a church, when it comes to us as a family, when it comes to the job that you have, I want to challenge you with this. I, I don't think that you're going to get to the next step under your own power. I think what you're capable of and what you have the ability to experience is far greater than the tools or the planning or the preparation that you have underneath your belt. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to come in, if you'll put your hope in Him, He can take you to a place that's far greater than you could have ever even imagined. I I, I know that because it's something that I continue to live day in and day out. I live in blessing not because I'm smart or I'm a hard worker or because I've had the the, the right amount of education or the right plan to follow. I continue to put my hope in Him in him alone, and he continues to show up. And so the gift that you've been given this Christmas season, this this Advent time of us preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus is, is the same gift that Mary's been given, that Mary was given. She has an opportunity to put her hope in the Holy Spirit and God Almighty and let him work it all out. And that's what happened. And today we're here talking about it because... Of one woman that did not have the experience, did not have the tools, or the power, or the plan. She continued to put her hope in God and God alone. And so I'm gonna leave you with this. Isaiah verse 40, verse 31, or chapter 40, verse 31 says this. So but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will not they will run. And not grow weary, they will walk, and they will not faint. Those who trust in the Lord will find their strength. I want to share something with you. I want to be transparent for just a few minutes. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, Coastline started um, a giving campaign. We called it the the Give Hope Fund. How many of you guys remember? Give Hope Fund, a couple people have. In that Give Hope Fund, we needed to raise something like, I think it was $50,000. In that $50,000, what we were trying to come up with was the opportunity to step into a small facility, something that we could use for counseling, something that we could use for office space that some small groups could meet in, that we could do circles out of, something maybe two thousand square foot and that money was to not only pay the rent for at least a year but also to, to outfit it we felt strongly that this is this is the next step and so over the next couple years we were able to raise that money I think um, in that time we've raised something like 56 thousand dollars we surpassed it a little bit which was great uh, if you ever given to that fund uh, or if you ever gave to that uh, I want to let you know like that your money you got put in an account, and it's not been touched at all. It's something that's waiting there for the opportunity to come up. So as we hit that goal last year, Eric and I and our team were so incredibly excited for being able to get into this next, this next place, a common area, an office space, a, a place where we can counsel people and do circle groups. Because as we started to look, prices kept going higher and higher, and higher and higher. So we shift our gears a little bit and we start thinking, well, man, what about if we took that money and, and yes, used it for common area space, but what about if that common area space was attached to a space where we could actually do worship? Where we could, you know, I love New Smyrna Beach High School. I love that we've been able to, to partner with them over these past five years, but wouldn't it be great if we had a space on our own we could do church on on Wednesdays, if we wanted to, or the kids' ministry could do something anytime they wanted to. So we started to prayerfully pursue that. and just over a month ago, we found a place that hit all of our needs: parking needs, the space needs, the location. It was one of those things that very clearly easy to see that we could step into and turn it into a church. So the board and I and and the staff and I, we got together and we started to pray and we said, God, if this is meant to be, let it be. If it's not meant to be, close the door. So we got together and we planned and and we crunched numbers and we prayed and we met and over the past six weeks, I've probably had 10 to 15 meetings at least with, with the elders of our church planning this next step. We negotiated this deal that worked out in in a great way over the past few weeks. As we put the, the final adjustment in, as we sent it in to the landlord and it got approved, we looked extremely happy and excited for what the future hold. And then we didn't hear anything back. We called, we emailed, we texted. didn't hear anything back. We checked in to see, hey, is this, are you okay? Did you, you know, hopefully you're not in a ditch somewhere. We didn't hear anything back. As I talked with the board about this, it was one of those things that could have easily gotten us to the point where we felt hard about it. We felt discouraged about it. Could have been something that, that that brought us sadness. Erica, I think, was even a little worried because we heard about it at the same time I'm going to Louisiana, and she probably thought a little bit that I'm <laughs> about ready to lose it. But as we sat and talked about it, I, I remembered and prayed all along the way. I so said, God, not our will, but your will be done. I said, I, I specifically prayed, God, if this is meant to be, let it be. If it's not meant to be, close the door. And I felt like it closed the door. I, I think if it had been this thing that was under my own power, could we could have felt discouraged by it. We could have felt saddened by it but I couldn't help but think, and I I believe it was the Holy Spirit putting in me that he's the one that has called us here along the way. He's the one that provided every step of the way before. He's going to provide whatever the next step is, and it's going to be far greater than what we can imagine or what we could plan or provide for ourselves right now. And so I say here to to be transparent, and let you know about some news that, that wasn't good or didn't seem good, but because I have hope for the future of what's ahead. Because I don't trust in myself. I don't trust in in what we have. I trust in what the Holy Spirit can do through us. And I sit here with a full and thankful heart for what's to come, hopeful because I know that as we continue to choose him, the best is still yet to come. Amen? And so I tell you that in a, in a transparent way because I don't know what you're going through, but I want to let you know this. If you've got what seems like bad news, if things didn't work out the way you think they were supposed to work out, if the, th- if the things did not align the way that you thought they should have aligned, it doesn't mean that God's not working it out. It means God's working out something bigger than what you can think of and you need to put your hope fully in him and so that's what i want to challenge you with coastline church today for whatever you're facing for whatever is ahead put your hope in him in him alone and he'll work it out he always has and he always will i want to leave you with this my uh, As I was preparing my message this week, um, I got kind of frustrated at my kid. I live in a little, like, 1,100-square-foot house. And so anytime my kids make noise, like, I'm a part of it. Like, you can't get away from it. My daughter's yelling. My son's yelling. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I go in there, and they're practicing their memorization verses for church this morning. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, Miss Shelly told us we remember this, we get a prize. I'm like, thanks, Shelly. But I, I asked Olivia, I was like, What's what's your verse? And she rattled it off like you would not believe. Like she's whatever that prize is, it better be a good one. Otherwise, Shelly's in trouble. But she said that. She said, it's Joshua 1:9. It says, be strong and brave. Do not be afraid, do not lose hope. I am the Lord your God. I will be with you everywhere you go. And as I heard her say that, I remember back in my brain of where this message comes from and who Jesus is saying this to. He's saying it to Joshua, the one that's gonna lead the Israelites continued through the wilderness and into the promised land. He's saying, "No matter what you've been through, no matter what you think is ahead, I'm with you, no matter what." So, Coastline Church, I want I want to charge you with this for what you're facing ahead, for what looks like it's not going to work out because of the planning or the preparation or whatever. Be strong, and be brave, do not be afraid. Do not lose hope. I'm the Lord your God. I will be with you everywhere you go. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for preparing the way, for continuing to go ahead of us, continuing to adjust our course away from the dangers, away from the things that would hurt us and hold us back. I thank you for the nudges that you give us into the things that are uncomfortable that challenge us and charge us to grow and become better. I thank you for the hope that you put in our hearts for what you're going to do through us. And I pray that's what we would hold to. I know that's what Mary held to. And I know you did some fantastic things through her. I pray you would do the same through us even though we're not qualified, we're not experienced enough, we put our hope in you and you alone and we know that the best is still yet to come. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.